Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at a Chuckery show. Hanging out with you in the Kia studios on this Tuesday night. Happy Halloween to everybody out there. Hope uh, all the kids are safe and you guys are having fun. And Beware of the man-eaters. Yeah, well, you, you know that this song wasn't about what it wasn't about what you think it was about. What do you think I think it was about, John well, Chuckery? Well, it's... Obviously, the lyrics would tell you that it's, it's a woman and, you know, she's a man-eater, right? But this was about the record company. Oh. Oh, did not know that. Okay. Yeah. Daryl Hall and John Oates have both said that this, this song was about their record company that they would eat artists up and spit them out. Oh. New perspective I, that, of this that, song, that's, then. that's according to what they both said. They, they've both been on record and, and talked about man-eater. So there you go. All right. Well, still beware of the man eaters yeah. in one way or another. Well, a little trivia uh, for you there. So, all right, let's uh, head out to wadeford.com hotline as the Falcons look to uh, get back on track. Ish, boy, against the uh, beat up, banged up Minnesota Vikings at home. Let's talk to our buddy Michael Rothstein. He, of course, covers the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN. ESPN.com is where you can check out all of his work. And as always on Twitter, uh, or what are we calling it? Twix, I believe, uh, Mike. Uh, at oh, man, Mike Ross. I, I don't even know. I'm on threads now. I, I, I just, you, you know, you, you talked about man eaters, and now I'm sitting there and I'm just like a gluten free pastry eater. So, like, now I'm just trying to class, think of like different things I can eat. And now I'm hungry and want food. This is what you've done, Chuck. Well, listen, um, speaking of being sick to your stomach, um, the quarterback situation for the Falcons uh, right now. Mike, what does your gut tell you that we get what what the answer is going to be tomorrow? I'm not going to hold you to it, but what does your gut yeah. tell you? Oh man, um, my well, my gut right now is full of gluten free cookies. Um, <laughs> that's what it's telling me. Uh, no, uh, my gut would tell me I I think it's going to be Taylor Heineke, um, but I think it's going to be Taylor Heineke in a clear like. This is not a permanent situation, and they're not going to characterize it as such. That it's going to be a one, maybe two game scenario, and then they reevaluate again. Because that, that, there's a good window here for them to do this, right? Like they, they need to win a game. Everybody understands that. If you take one thing from Arthur Smith's presser on Monday, is that they know they need to win this game badly. To, if, to kind of hang hang in the playoff race here, certainly in the wild card race, which they would are also in, despite the doom and gloom right now around the Atlanta Falcons, but also obviously the NFC South race. Well, Taylor if Heineke it, right now, you know, I, I think might give you that, but you have a bye after Minnesota and Arizona. So if it's not going well, you can go back to Desmond Ritter, and you've given Desmond Ritter a different vantage point. All of that said, the way Arthur Smith characterized it, is that the number one concern is Desmond Ritter's health. So that's going to be really interesting to see how all of this unfolds. I'm fascinated to see how Arthur Smith answers these questions, whether it is Ritter or whether it is Heineke, on Wednesday. I feel confident saying that it's not going to be the ultimate curveball on Logan Woodside. I feel confident there. Um, it, it, nothing would surprise me, guys. I, I I will say that the way he talked on Monday, it definitely felt like he was it was setting up that it would be Taylor Heineke, but that's not me with any super insider information. That is me just reading tea leaves like anybody like everybody else. They've been pretty quiet about all of this. Yeah, and I will say I agree with you. Um I, I think if somehow 
if they go zero and two, there will be no hesitation to go right back to to Desmond Ritter. Um, if if they can't win with with Taylor Heineke, and and again, even if they're one and one, and and maybe don't look so good, I could still see them going back to Desmond Ritter. Let me ask you about you know obviously we just had the trade deadline. Were you surprised that they didn't make you know the one I guess the one move that they made was uh, Contavious Street. Uh, just as basically a rotational depth piece. But were you surprised at all? I mean, again, we heard rumors about they would be in the mix for people, but nothing obviously materialized. Uh, you know, the one that I thought was, was a real possibility was Montez Sweat. That seemed real uh, based off of conversations uh, I had with some people uh, around the NFL. That seemed very real. But, you know, I, and listen, I, I saw on all the social medias, that they're, you know, people are so mad and frustrated that they didn't get anybody and that they didn't get Montez Sweat. Well, the Chicago second-round pick could end up being essentially a first. It could end up being the first or second pick in the second round, which is essentially like a first-round pick almost. You see people trade up for that, for those two slots specifically, every year in the draft. So, that's a much better deal for Washington than a second. If, and I'm not saying the Falcons were offering a second round pick. I, I don't know what, what any offer may have looked like, but if they did, that second round pick could end up being the mid to mid to late second round. If things go well for Atlanta. So that's a massive difference in the type of player you're talking about. Maybe even some of the trade value, maybe if you are Chicago, Wanting to trying to, or sorry, rather Washington. If you were Washington, maybe to try to get back up into the first round, that that pick right there becomes even more valuable for you down the road. I understand why Washington would take that deal over any deal that Atlanta would have offered, even if it was a second round pick. And again, I don't know if they did make an offer, what that offer was. So, and sometimes it's not just, oh, man, they didn't get the player. Why didn't they get the player? Well, sometimes it's that there's 30 other teams besides the Falcons and the team that is making the trade that has attempts to make offers, too. And if they really want a guy, they're going to make an offer, and every team has to assign a value to how high they're willing to go. So don't get mad at the Falcons that they didn't oversell to get Montez Sweat or – Neil Hunter, who did not end up getting moved. I don't think Chase Young was ever a real possibility uh, for the Falcons. Uh, just my gut there. Don't get mad that they, they didn't get somebody necessarily because you look at what the offers were and whether the Falcons were willing to make those offers a, even in an equivalency scenario. Michael Rothstein, Falcons beat reporter for ESPN, joining me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Do you think that we, with Grady Jarrett out, and obviously, you know, the, the rotation has got a little bit of depth to it, but I, I think you have some guys that deserve some more playing time on the outside. Do you think Campbell stays a little bit more on the inside of the defensive line and we see a little bit of a D'Angelo Malone, certainly Ebba Cady, um, you know, obviously Bud Dupree, Carter, do you think Campbell ends up playing a little bit more on the inside moving forward? Well, uh, Chuck, they play different positions, right? Like, I mean, all those guys you named are guys who are playing 
mostly standing up except in pass rush, you know, except in pure pass rush situations. Uh, and even then, they're, they're kind of playing standing up. Uh, yeah, I think we could see Campbell jump inside a little bit more. I think we'd see Omignata. Well, I butchered his name again. Sorry about that, David. David Omignata maybe move inside a little bit more. Don't forget, Timmy Horn's still on their practice squad, and he started five games for them last year. He's a big body in the middle. They have Albert Huggins, who they've been hanging around, who's been hanging around this roster. They do have depth to Quan Graham as well. They have depth here to play with. LaCale London is the guy who took a lot of Grady Jarrett's work, but part of that might have also very well been the fact that they had three defensive linemen inactive. Mm-hmm. on Sunday against the Titans. It's going to be, I think, an open competition to see how all of this shakes out here. But they're going to have to figure something out. Is it possible that they change some of the looks on their defense to maybe get Arnold Ebiquete on the field more? Sure, I, I think that that's a possibility. But, again, those guys play different positions. I don't think that you want to see an Arnold Ebiquete with his hand on the ground all that often. Lorenzo Card is probably the better bet there if they were to Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Kick, say, Campbell inside. Um, let me ask you about Ebicati's snap counts this year, snap percentage. You know, it's been uh, last week was forty nine percent. You know, again, he's I think I think he leads the team with three and a half sacks. I believe is is the number. Do you think that he needs to get on the field more, or is he still kind of in that learn mode about what this defense is because? Again, he's your arguably your best pass rusher, or at least in one of the top positions for it. Does he need to be on the field more? I mean, forty nine percent just seems like it's still arbitrarily low for him. Well, you have to remember too, there were a couple games early on where he barely played at all, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, so those numbers were a little bit skewed there. But some of it has to do with the opponents that they're playing. Like there, are, there are certain opponents that they will play where he's going to play more, and, and a lot of times it seems that maybe you're not going to spread you out, right? Because if you're going to be spread out and playing in a nickel, like all game long where, where basically the offers on the field, 85% of the snaps, well, look at what they run. They run a lot of 3-3-5. They run a lot of 4-2-5. And – that doesn't always bode well for Arnold Abiquete, depending on what they think might be coming. Like they, to me, it's going to completely depend on situations. Now, due to some injuries that they have, may they have to play him more? Yeah. Do I think he can give them more? Yeah, I do. But it's still somewhat situational. We're not talking about, and this is no a knock on Arnold Abiquete here. Like, we're not talking about a complete, like, all-pro edge rusher here, right? Like, he, he has not shown in his career that he has, to his to this point in his career, maybe he can get there because edge rushers and defensive linemen sometimes develop at a later pace. He has not shown he can get to that level. 
So you're going to use them in the spots to be successful. And largely, this defense has been successful this year. I would say the one game where you can say that they were not was last week against Tennessee. But when you lose Grady Jarrett, uh, you know, even though he plays in the front, that I think shakes up everything. And if we're really being honest here, you know, the, the thing that would anger me maybe the most if I were the Falcons is that A.J. Terrell, DeAndre Hopkins play, which led to Hopkins' first touchdown because that was, I mean, Gene Snerker, I believe, said it on the broadcast. It was pretty clear it was offensive pass interference. A.J. Terrell was basically spun around like a top. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and that changed in some ways the tenor of the game, but they couldn't guard DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> well, that's been, So it doesn't really matter what's going on up front if they're just going to let DeAndre Hopkins roam free and make big play after big play. Mike, the other thing, uh, last question for you that uh, I want to touch on is field position because it was dreadful um, against the Titans. The Falcons are now last in the NFL in average starting field position. And, you know, again, special teams was a real problem on on Sunday with the punt return game. Um, just people look lost, you know, out there. I mean, that has to change. I mean, you you can't. And again, I know it, whether it's Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke, you're asking guys to drive, you know, longer for touchdowns than any team in the NFL right now. You know, that has to change. Having a young quarterback that has to average, you know, 75, 76 yards to get a touchdown is not an easy thing. What can be done to help with the special teams? Is it just simply getting a competent return guy, or is there something else in that as well? Uh, the whole thing will, you know, Marquise Williams will tell you the whole thing goes together, right? So Mike Hughes' decisions were baffling to me on Sunday. I, I don't really know what was going on back there. And, you know, I think we saw that because eventually they, they, they made a move there. One of the things that has not been talked about much this year that is an underrated loss is when Avery Williams went down in the spring. Mm-hmm. Avery Williams was arguably the best punt returner in the NFL last season. And, and if he wasn't the best, he was in the top three. And he was great. And he's very good at it. And he's very shorthanded. And he's very smart with his decision-making back there. Like, that's, that's what he does. It is what he has done in college. It's what got him to the NFL. Not having him there has been really, really difficult for them. And then the second part of it is, remember who won the job out of camp, right? It was D. Alford. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden, D. Alford's playing every snap of nickel, and they need him to be playing every snap of nickel. So if you have him out there too much, that's a lot of work. And it's a lot of work in a lot of different ways. And then if he gets hurt, your whole secondary situation gets a little bit messed up. So I I don't know what they do there. That's going to be a question to watch this week. That's going to be a question for Marquise Williams on Thursday. And you're right. They do need better field position. They need, they need a little bit better, more from their special teams. At least I would say in the punt coverage and in the punt return, because kick coverage has been fine. And, kick return when they let Cordero Patterson return a kick, it usually goes fairly well. Teams just aren't really letting Cordero Patterson return kicks. So it's kind of punk. And Bradley Pinion, by the way, from a net average, from both a net average and a total just gross average punting, 
best year of his career, at least going into this past Sunday. So you look at that and you say, well, it's not necessarily Bradley Pinion. So I look at the return unit, and then I look at the coverage unit, which is the Gunners and some of the other guys. They need to figure out some situations there because it has been too inconsistent, although I will say Mac Hollins and Richie Grant both made really nice stops on special teams on Sunday. Michael Rothstein covers the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN. Check out his work at ESPN.com. Join me here on the waitfor.com hotline, and he's on X or Twix or Threads or Rolls or or Yarn or whatever it is, you know, yeah, at What Mike are Rothstein. rolls? Like, are there, are there gluten-free cinnamon rolls that are now a social media app? Is that what's going on here, man? You, you're getting me excited. Yes, I can, I can sell you some gluten-free, sugar-free, no-calorie. Uh, no, not you know, sugar-free, just gluten-free. Okay. I, I can't eat gluten. I can have all the sugar. Okay, well, listen, uh, got, glad you can. You can have it all for me. So, anyway, Mike, as always, buddy, appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes uh, on the show. We'll chat again soon. Absolutely, my man. Anytime. You got it.